It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, welcome to Locked On Warriors, your podcast on all things Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News. Thanks for subscribing and following Locked On Warriors to get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Our show today is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the best tasting low-carb protein bar I've ever had. The promo code LOCKEDON gets you $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Here's the plan for Monday. We didn't get to a mailbag last week because I thought the interviews were just that good and We didn't have time for the mailbag questions, so if you haven't checked out last week's episodes, they still hold up, especially the draft talk with Chad Ford on Thursday. I had Count Laterno on on Friday. Um, Some really, really good stuff there, but we we are getting to our mailbag questions today. You all sent in some really good ones about the draft, some free agent targets and other stuff, but let's start with this question from Gary, who writes in, If the Warriors have the second pick and Anthony Edwards is gone— who do you think they would take? Now, it's it's worth noting here that the Warriors actually have a better chance, despite having the best odds in, in the draft lottery, right? They have a 14% chance of landing the number one pick. They, they share a 14% chance of landing the number one pick with, right now, you know, all things considered, uh, the Cavaliers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. They actually have a 52% chance of landing a top four pick uh, which means they have almost 48% chance of landing the fifth pick. Okay, so they actually have a better, again, despite having the worst record in the league, they have a better chance of ending up with the fifth pick overall than the first pick overall. What being what having the worst record in the league guarantees you is not the best odds the number one pick. It just get, it guarantees you not falling out of the top five. So no matter what, the Warriors are going to have a top five pick. That's not the case with Cleveland or Minnesota or these other teams. It is the case with Golden State. So that's important to note. So there's a real chance, there's a better chance, that the Warriors don't have the number one pick. And I know in all of our draft conversation, we talk about, okay, well, what if the Warriors have the number one pick? We keep thinking about that. Who's the number one player on the board? They're going to need to have five guys who they're really comfortable with. And they're going to, and they're going to have more. I know they have more that they'd be comfortable with taking if they traded back or, or whatever. But they're going to need to have five guys, no matter what, that they are comfortable taking with the top five pick. So with that with that said, if they get the second pick, and Anthony Edwards is off the board, as Connor Letourneau re- reported, and he said on my podcast last week, and I've been hearing sort of the same stuff, the Warriors are prepared to take Anthony Edwards if they get the number one pick. I, think, I still think things can change a little bit. Connor seems pretty steadfast and saying that that's what's going to happen. I still think that there's time for things to change at the top of the Warriors draft board. There's still some guys that they like. I know that they like. I don't know if they know who they would take at number two overall at this point. I will say it's probably between a handful of players. Um, obviously, uh, that goes without saying. Uh, 
But I think LaMelo Ball, Denny Edvita, Tyrese Halliburton, Isaac Okoro, these are the guys I think that they that would be in the mix for them if they had the, the second pick overall. As Chad Ford said last week, LaMelo Ball, superstar-type potential. I think there's real concerns and questions from the Warriors if he can ever get turn the corner defensively. And if he's athletic enough, if he's worthy, if he's a worthy enough athlete to take number two overall, Tyrese Halliburton, genius level playmaker, maybe not quite to the level of Lamelo, but very, very like it, it's not a knock against him. He is genius level playmaker, much better defensively, but definitely some size concerns, some athletic concerns. Though I do think that um, you know he doesn't have top end athleticism like an Anthony Edwards does. Though I think it's good. He's got a nice in between game. I really like Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's still in the mix. He just kind of, if you're the Warriors, and maybe you just, if you're low, if if there's not somebody on the board who you think has superstar potential, then Halliburton has a really high floor. So whether or not they would take Halliburton or not, really more so depends on what they think of the the ceilings of some other guys, including Denny, who, depending on who you talk to, there's mixed reviews. A lot of people think he's just, you know, Dario Saric reincarnate. And then other people think that he has a really high ceiling. I, for one, think he has a high ceiling. The Warriors like Denny. I know they do. I don't know if they like him enough at number two, but they could. They could like him enough at number two. And he fills a need for them, too, at 6'9", 215 pounds, small forward, power forward type. I think he's a lot of what they're looking for uh, as, just, as far as a template of a player. So... That's who I think that they would take if they had the second pick and Anthony Edwards is gone. It would be one of those three guys. I'm leaning towards Denny at this point, and then Isaac Okoro. I forgot Isaac Okoro. I don't know. I don't think that they would take him at number two, but he's very much in the mix uh, in a, for a top five pick. But if if they had the second pick, I would probably lean Lamelo or Denny, one of those guys. Okay, Peter writes in, is there any reasonable metric, anything beyond hunches and suspicions that indicates Andrew Wiggins can play defense at an acceptable level consistently? Uh, no, I don't. There are no metrics. And I look, I don't like defensive metrics anyway. They're not good. Um, they're very contextual. They're very situational. They're very much based on who you are on a team with. Um you know, players who play on teams with good defensive ratings tend to have their advanced stats inflated. And then vice versa. Teams like a good defender, a good one-on-one, a good individual defender can play on a poor defensive team and all of his defensive metrics, you know, deflate. And that's – so it's, it's really hard. And, and so to me, defensively, it's all about the eye test. I, the metrics – there's some things that people will throw. I just don't trust any of it. I, I don't. I think so, there's so much noise in those things. So I just look at the eye test, especially because so much of it is scheme-based. Because um, when we think about defense, a lot of times you know, you're know you looking at blocks, maybe even defensive rebounds, even though I'm not a rebounding person. I, don't, I think it's an overrated stat as far as measuring overall impact. Um, and then you look at like one-on-one defense too. But I, for the Warriors, they're, they're also looking at team defense, probably just as much as they're looking at one-on-one defense or close to it. And the one encouraging sign for me, watching Andrew Wiggins in the handful of games he played for the Warriors, was that they were comfortable putting him on opposing point guards several times. There was a three or four game stretch there where he guarded the opposing point guard. And the reason that they were doing that, and I asked Steve Kerr about this, and he basically said, the reason they're doing this is because when Klay Thompson comes back, they want to know that Wiggins could pick up 
opposing point guards and that Clay Thompson can guard opposing wings. Because, of course, they are without Kevin Durant. They're without Andre Iguodala. They don't have these guys used to pick up wings. So Clay Thompson's defensive responsibilities are going to change next season. Depending, again, on who they bring in. But Clay Thompson is going to be their best wing defender next year. Barring something unforeseen. Draymond Green, obviously, is out there, too. But... You know, he kind of, he's more of a tweener between forwards and wings. But Klay Thompson, as far as guarding guys in that backcourt, that's their number one dude. So if Wiggins can then shift over to opposing point guards, still let Steph, give Stephen Curry a break a little bit, that's going to be key for them. So they're going to, Wiggins is going to be used defensively in a way that he hasn't in his career. Because in Minnesota, he was asked to play, he was asked to be the, the ace defender. He was going to guard the best guy on a night-in and night-out basis. And Golden State, that's not going to be the case. That's Klay Thompson's job. So Wiggins' job responsibilities are going to be easier with Golden State. Not to mention Draymond Green just making things easier in general for him. So that's, to me, why I would be encouraged. I don't think he'll ever be the uh, shutdown defender that a lot of people projected he had the potential to be. But he's got the athleticism. He's got the side-to-side speed. It's just a matter of focusing and paying attention and buying in on a possession-to-possession basis. And that's going to probably in the regular season, he's going to make plays. The real question is, can he do it in the playoffs in crunch time when every possession matters more in in a way that it's never mattered uh, for him before? He's not had that high-level basketball experience. He just hasn't. Can he rise to that occasion? That's the main question that the Warriors are facing. All right. Free agent targets. That's coming up next. But first, I want to tell you about the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had. They're called Built Bars. They come in 16 amazing flavors. I just had the chocolate uh, peanut butter brownie flavor this morning. I did did a little bit of a a resistance band workout this morning in my apartment, sheltered in place, uh, hashtag quarantine. And then after that, I mean, I, I just downed this, this protein bar. They're small. They're not too filling. They don't, they don't have like that artificial chalky taste. But, you know, they're way, low, they're way more low carb uh, and high protein than a lot of the other competing brands that just kind of fill you up. And they're just really, they're like underrated amount of carbs. But these, these just don't have that. It's just a, a, it's like a, a bolt of protein to your body. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. The, again, the flavors are phenomenal. I, I had the before I had the uh, the peanut butter, the chocolate peanut butter brownie one, on Friday, I had the banana bread one. It was just amazing. Like banana to me is a buzzword and they had a banana flavor. They have a bunch of other flavors like orange chocolate, raspberry chocolate, uh, a toffee almond crunch thing that I think is next on my list. Uh, Built bars are great for the health conscious guy or woman. You, it helps you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Here's the fl- here's here's sort of the macros of it. 20 grams of protein, 15 to 20 grams of protein per bar, around 100 to 170 calories per bar, again, depending on the flavor, uh, and ju- very, very few sugars. A lot of them are about three to five net carbs. And look, I, I kind of dabble with, with the ketogenic diet. I was really hardcore keto for about two years. And I kind of came off of it a little bit now, more low carb. But this checks both of those boxes. If you're low carb, if you're keto, this stuff is perfect for you. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 10 bucks off of a box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Again, highly recommend this one. It's delicious. And we thank them for their support of the Locked On Podcast Network and we hope you support them too. 
Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We've got a question about the Warriors possibly trading back in the NBA draft later on. But let's get to this question from Deepak, who writes in, Why can't the Warriors sign guys like Jonathan Simmons and J.R. Smith on the veteran minimum contracts? Their presence on the bench would make the Warriors title contenders. Okay. Slow down, Deepak. I don't... I, I, that's, that's a stretch. Okay? They, and you bring up Jonathan Simmons, I know, because the, he was brought onto the Santa Cruz Warriors G League team. Uh, and look, they were intrigued by what Jonathan Simmons can do, but he's kind of a, I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people think about Jonathan Simmons as this guy who had that one good year in San Antonio. He hasn't been that good since then. I mean, he's kind of a non, he doesn't really bring anything elite to the table or even anything very good at the table. He's kind of one of these guys who just does everything well, but nothing really bad, but he's not a great three point shooter. He doesn't get to the rim as well as people think he does when you look at his body, um, he's a decent defender, but he's not as good as you think he is. I just, I don't. He, he's an above-average athlete in a good body. He's kind of like the slasher type. I don't really know if he's got what it takes to crack, you know, an eight or nine-man rotation on a title-contending team. He might. I know the Warriors are very intrigued by him, but there's a reason he's in the G League right now. Okay. Like, this is a guy who has the San Antonio Spurs experience. He got paid a bunch of money by Orlando. Um, this is a guy who, like, had a lot of things going for him in that regard. And I think other teams wanted him to work out. There's a reason he's in the G League. Okay, so let's not, like, sit here and act like he should be in some sort of top eight or nine of a starting caliber rotation. There's so many teams that could have used him. The Houston Rockets could have used him this season. Like. The, uh, the, the Lakers could have used him. The, the, the Clippers could have used him. All these title contending teams, again, a reason why he's not on those teams. I don't mean this to knock Jonathan Simmons, but let's, he's, got some, he's got this kind of uh, this name equity thing, and I'm not really sure where it comes from. He had like half a good year in San Antonio, and ever since then. And then as far as J.R. Smith goes, I mean, first of all, dude's old. He's washed. If you watched him in the, in the finals that last year with Cleveland, he wasn't good. And I don't mean just like the the messing up at the end of game one there. Like if he's at the point now, he used to be sort of this three and D type guy, but he's at the point now where if he's not making shots, he's not very useful for you. He could do a little bit of ball handling and stuff like that. And look, I think you could do worse than J.R. Smith. But again, there's a reason why the Lakers picked Dion Waiters and all that crap that comes with Dion Waiters over J.R. Smith. Don't just fall for the name here, okay? When you start looking at free agents, don't just fall for the name here. I will also mention, those guys are over 30 years old. They are old now. The Warriors, will get to this a little bit later, but they don't want to get old all of a sudden, all right? They don't want to do that. Might they look at a J.R. Smith? Might they look at a Jonathan? Yes, they might. But don't expect them to be all of a sudden replacing Andre Vigadala, Sean Livingston, those kinds of 
minutes those kinds of players. They're not those. They're not that caliber player anymore. Uh, Kai writes in: Is Josh Jackson a possible reclamation project for the Dubs? Um, I actually don't mind it. He, he's only 23 years old. He shot 32% last year and, and has hovered around 32% the last two years. And he, he was helpful to a good Grizzlies defense. He's athletic as all hell. I mean, he could dunk. He could slash. He gives you a lot of those things that Andrew Wiggins would give you and might be able to fill in some of those Wiggins minutes when Wiggins is on the bench. As far as just, you know, again, if you want to be able to maintain what it is you do, regardless of your if it's your starters on the court or if it's your bench guys on the court, Josh Jackson makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I think it didn't work out in Phoenix early on. It just wasn't the right fit. They were asking him to do way too much. And he was probably, he was trying to do too much, to be fair. But he, he fit in well in Memphis, I thought, last year. He played like 19 minutes a game-ish. Um, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that. Uh, all right. A tweeter asks, do you see Dragon Bender on our team next season? Training, I, I think Bender comes to training camp, but I don't think he makes it to the final roster. The thing with Bender is, yeah, he's seven feet tall, a legit seven feet tall. He can reputationally shoot the three. He can reputationally ball handle a little bit and play make a little bit. And there's flashes of it there, but he's always just a couple inches off of being like a good NBA player, if that makes sense. Like he's, he doesn't finish very well for a seven footer. He's, his, his numbers finishing at the rim are, are terrible considering how tall and athletic he is. Um, he always seems like a little, he may, he's a beat off or a beat late when it comes to, you know, moving the ball on offense or closing out defensively and making his rotations. And I, and one of the things that Steve Kerr would say all the time with Dragon Bender is if you leave him on the court long enough, he makes an impact, and that might be true, and he can do that this year for that team that was so bad and all they were and so injured, and all they were doing was playing guys like Dragon Bender and reclamation projects like Dragon Bender, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night. That's not going to be the case next year. The Warriors plan on contending and being in the playoffs next season. They can't afford to give Dragon Bender 20 minutes. They can't afford to allow Dragon Bender to just play through his mistakes in order to make an impact. What they need from guys on that bench are players who can come in and make an immediate impact in five, six, seven, eight-minute spurts and not screw up. And that's not who Bender is. I think he can make the. I think he could still stick in the NBA, but I don't think it's going to be with the Warriors. He probably gets invited to training camp, but that's about it. All right, coming up next, some free agent targets and why the Warriors could trade down in the NBA draft. This is Locked On Warriors. Support for this podcast comes from CDWNHP. At CDW, we get that an unsecured laptop can put your company's data at risk, making you a little paranoid. I'm not paranoid. You're paranoid. CDW can implement a secure mobility solution using the HP EliteBook with Intel 8th generation processors and SureView privacy to protect your screen from prying eyes. Did you follow me here? IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash HP security. What was that? Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash watsonassistant to learn more. Arnold writes in, 
which free agent vets can the Warriors acquire and are any players recruiting? Uh, well, first of all, yes, players are. We know Draymond Green is going to be out there recruiting. Steph Curry might not be. He's not necessarily a recruiter. He's more of, okay, we kind of got this guy on the line. Can you come in, Steph, and say something to get it over the to push us over the top? Uh, but I think a guy like Draymond Green is definitely going to be recruiting, especially because after this last season playing with these youngsters, he is probably going to be looking for some vets to play with. Okay, I guarantee you, he's already texting guys. Like I. Like, that's not me reporting it, but I think it's pretty obvious that that's sort of something that Draymond Green would do. Um, as far as potential guys, I think the dream targets for the Warriors would be one of Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, Paul Millsap, even Tristan Thompson. Okay, like especially like a Marcus Saul or a Serge Ibaka, if you could sign that player to the mid-level exception, have him soak up a bunch of minutes, maybe even be your starting center, where you still have Marquise Chris and Kevon Looney, depending, of course, on what happens with Looney. In that whole, you know, situation. But a guy like Marcus Saul would be perfect, no? I mean, this is a guy who can spread the floor. He's smart enough to play. Like, he's not the defensive player, like, defensive player of the year kind of guy he used to be, but smart, savvy. You trust him in playoff settings. And if you're if you're the Warriors, you'd probably only be asking him to play 15 to 20 minutes a night, which at his age would be ideal for him, too. And he, I think he can make an impact, a real impact in those minutes. And same goes for Serge Ibaka. More of a floor spacer, shot blocker. Not as great on, on all the in-between things and the basketball IQ stuff, but would be definitely an upgrade at that position. Paul Millsap, same sort of deal. Uh, probably would mostly play center for the Warriors, but still kind of small. Not sure you trust him going up against the bigger centers in the league, but it would be still an upgrade. And then you have a guy like Tristan Thompson, great rebounder, good screen and roll guy, can play make a little bit more than everybody thinks, uh, good feet, and young, still young. So... And then obviously has the championship type experience, right? Uh, so I think one of those guys would be ideal. And then beyond that, they could be looking at guys like Evan Turner, Mason Plumley, Aaron Baines, Kylo Quinn, Kent Bazemore, uh, Michael Carter Williams. Um, I'll say if they do go sort of this David West route, where you know old guy, twilight of his career, ring chasing type of guy, I think it's going to be at center or at a long wing position that's otherwise kind of hard to find. Um, I just I don't think that this team wants to get old really fast after spending this whole year getting so much younger. So I, I don't see them going out and getting just filling out the rest of their rotation with 32, 33, 34 year old guys. I think that they'd much rather go for 27, 28, 29 year old guys. Uh, the, the reason being is because they, again, just spent an entire... They don't want to throw away a year of getting younger just to restock on... on they always wanted to get younger. This is a team that wants to get younger. The reason why is because now with... Like, Steph, Clay, and Draymond are all 30 years old or older. They're the vets now. Okay? And, and, and so you need some younger bodies on this bench to give them a break. I think that you're going to see all of their minutes go down next year. They're going to win games. They're going to do what they can to win games, but I, I don't think that Steph and Clay. I don't think they're going to be playing 36 minutes a night. I think it's going to be closer to 30. And they're going to be relying on a deep bench. You know, a lot of guys who've got a lot of playing time this year, and, and they're going to add to that bench now with the mid-level exception and the trade player exception. They're going to get a top five draft pick to add to this mix. They're going to be relying on those guys to soak up a lot of minutes during the regular season so that these guys are fresh for the playoffs. This is going to look a lot kind of like the San Antonio Spurs 2013-2014, probably. 
And those Spurs teams played 11, 12 guys a night. And so you might have a 31, 32-year-old here and there, but for the most part, I think this is going to be a much younger bench than what we were accustomed to. Um, Someone who calls himself Steph MVP writes in on Twitter, what if we package the top pick and Wiggins for Brandon Ingram? There's no way the Pelicans do that. They love Brandon Ingram. They are bullish on his fit with Zion Williamson. Ingram made the all-star team next last year, and there's nobody even in... Like, if Brandon Ingram was a rookie, like, rookie year Brandon Ingram would be the top pick in this year's draft, and it's not close. I don't see any reason why the, the Pelicans would do that. They're, Ingram's young. Like, there's just no reason that they would do that. So, you know, give up. I, I've gotten a lot of Brandon Ingram questions. Give up on Brandon It's not happening. I know everybody wants, like, Kevin Durant 2.0, Warriors fans. The Pelicans are not stupid, okay? They love Brandon Ingram. They're not trading him for Andrew Wiggins. Um, all right, last question. Icy writes in, if the Knicks fall in love with LaMelo Ball and the lottery balls fall the Warriors' way, how viable is a pick swap with the Knicks adding the future pick, possibly the 2021 Mavericks first rounder, which is unprotected? Um, I had Chad Ford on my podcast last week, and he said if there's any team, I asked him, point, like, what is the market for a trade down? And he said if there's any team willing to trade up, it's going to be the Knicks, and it's because they fall in love with a guy like Lamella Ball. Because the Knicks do not have an identity. They don't have a guy to run that offense. And he fits a lot of what they need, LaMelo Ball does. He would add an identity to that team. He would add some excitement to that team. And so we, there is a world where the Knicks fall in love with him. A lot of people can, can see that happening. He, they, they fall in love with LaMelo. They don't end up with the number one pick. Maybe the Warriors do. Maybe, they even, maybe the Warriors end up with the number two pick and the Knicks fall back. Okay, Anthony Edwards still goes number one. LaMelo Ball's there at number two. Okay, this can happen in multiple ways. And the Warriors are sitting there with the chance to take LaMelo, and the Knicks aren't. I think the Knicks are the team that would trade up, and they have the draft capital to do so, okay? They have the future pick from the Mavericks. They have a future pick from the Clippers. They have a 2023 pick from the Mavericks that I think is top four protected. I could check that really quick. Um, yeah, 2023 pick that's top uh, top 10 protected. For the years 2023, 2024, and 2025, the the Clippers pick is the one that's top four protected in 2021. The Dallas pick in 2021 is unprotected. You add that, and look, look, Dallas is going to be really good, okay? They've got Luka Doncic, they've got Chris Upsports, they're going to be really good, uh, but it's helpful that it's unprotected. They, the, the Warriors have Minnesota's uh, lightly protected pick that year, too, and, and, they're, and so... You know, if you're the Warriors and you can sort of stock up on draft capital, I think you do it. Especially if you're not in love with LaMelo. You can kind of trade back, get the guy you want, pay him a little bit less money, and then add some draft capital. Because, again, you might not be adding that draft capital to draft a player. That is just valuable in making a trade. And the Warriors, we know, are always in the mix for the high, the, the big-name free agents, the big-name acquisitions. If a guy wants to shake loose off a team, if it's Bradley Beal, if it's Giannis, if it's Joel Embiid— it's Ben whoever it might be, it just adds to their it just adds to their arsenal of things that they could trade to move. So I definitely think a trade down in that sense is 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 very possible. Um, and if it if it happened, it would probably be with the Knicks, which would be fun. 
Um, all right, that's it for today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. When we get done here, you can tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of other Locked On Network podcasts, including Chad Ford's Big Board. Thanks for listening, and stay safe. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowle. And together we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.